Well, and let's go ahead and, and move into our message section, section this morning. Now, if you hang out around Trinity any time at all, you'll see that most of our teaching takes place in the context of a series. We'll do a teaching series that might be three weeks or four weeks long. And then every great once in a while, every few weeks or so, it's usually every other month or so, we take a break from a teaching series and we focus on baptism and confirmation. So you'll see the bowl up front with some nice warm water in it. We are not actually baptizing anyone at this service today. At next service, we are going to be baptizing two babies. But we also celebrate baptism along with confirmation. And today in particular, the message is focused on confirmation at Trinity and what that looks like. So we're going to kind of unpack what that ministry looks like at Trinity and tell you a little bit about it. And then hopefully share with you the reasons why from the scripture we have confirmation in the first place. So I'd invite you to bow your heads, close your eyes. Let's empty our hearts before the Lord and open and wait to hear from him. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for this Sunday and for the time to spend with you. Thank you for cleansing us of our sin through Jesus, starting us over with a brand new life and giving us a life that is intended to be passed on as an abundant life, a life that is meant to be shared and given with others, especially those of a younger generation. So today as we entertain the idea of the practice of confirmation, what that looks like here at Trinity, we ask that you would speak to our hearts and move us, that we may become more like Jesus, one who replicates his faith and the power and the movement of the Holy Spirit in the lives of others. So God, we trust you and look for you now. In your name we pray and together we say, amen and amen. Well, if you're a good Lutheran, and we're going to put quotes around that, okay? If you're a good Lutheran, where do you go for answers to Lutheran traditions? Well, typically you will go to Luther's small catechism, which we believe is a correct interpretation of the scriptures that is kind of boiled down to bite-sized pieces. And in fact, here's what Luther's small catechism says about confirmation. It says, confirmation is a public right and by the way, if you're listening by podcast, that's R-I-T-E, not R-I-G-H-T, right? A public rite of the church that is preceded by a period of instruction designed to help baptized Christians identify with the life and mission of the Christian community from Luther's small catechism. And for us, that kind of takes place in, uh, in, in and around a ministry that we call Lighthouse, Lighthouse is a significant ministry here at Trinity because it, what it does is on Wednesday evenings over at our Kimberly Way location, it gathers middle school students, 6th, 7th, and 8th graders all together where they will hear a message from a pastor in a large group setting and then they'll break up into smaller groups and they'll have an adult mentor teach them and lead them through a specific teaching and then they'll go and they'll do service projects together and by the way, they have fun too because middle school students need to exert some energy, don't they? So Lighthouse gives them the ability to do all of these different activities together, especially with mentors and adults who care about them and want to raise them up as young Christians. Well, the teaching that happens in our confirmation ministry, Lighthouse, vacillates around seven modules of learning. One of them is around worship and what worship practices look like. And then the other six have to do with what we call the six chief parts of the small catechism. And they include, as you see on the screen, the Ten Commandments, the Apostles' Creed, the Lord's Prayer, Baptism, Confession and Absolution, and the Sacrament of the Altar, or what we call Holy Communion. 
Communion is something that we practice here every week when we're not doing a baptism or confirmation weekend. But the idea is to slow down and to take each of these pieces, break it apart, and to share it with middle school students over a three-year time span. So they actually go and attend Lighthouse, and they have fun together, and with the large group and small group activities and serving events, they're exposed to all seven of these modules over a three-year time span. And then after those three years are over, they participate in a project called Capstone. Now, if you've been here on a confirmation weekend and you've seen videos of high school students sharing their faith, that is evidence of the completion of a capstone project. A capstone project basically gathers the experiences of a young person throughout middle school years, packages it in a way that is uh, communicatable to others, and then puts it on video and records it for all time. So high school students, having been through that experience, We'll actually work with our guy, Dan Franzen, who makes all the special videos here, which are awesome. And they record a video which is shared on a confirmation and baptism weekend. So whenever you see that, you'll know the history and the work that goes behind that. But for us, we get an opportunity this weekend without any capstone projects to show. And we actually don't have any videos for you at all this weekend at any of our sites. We actually thought it was a good idea to step back this weekend and take a look at the whys. Why do we do confirmation in the first place? And what is it trying to accomplish in the life of our middle school students? So if you've got your sermon notes card handy and you look on the more blank side, you're going to see three major reasons why we do this. And if you're a notes-taking person, this would be the place to start recording notes and ideas and scriptures. The first of those ideas, the first of those reasons that we have our confirmation ministry is because it gives people a chance to profess their faith before the world. It gives people of young age, and it gives people of young faith. Young age and young faith. You may be a 50-year-old who is new to following Jesus. Professing our faith is a part of being a Christ follower. And so what we do is we provide opportunities through small groups and in our confirmation ministry through Lighthouse the same kind of small group setting, to be able to learn how to profess our faith in such a way that is natural language to us. And here's the idea. Jesus said, whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. Now, he also said, whoever denies me before others, I will do what? I will also deny before my Father in heaven. We're focusing on the first half and actually equipping people to be able to do that. Now, a fear of some of our young people, and perhaps our young people in the faith, perhaps a fear is that if I'm going to share my faith verbally with somebody, that I've got to be some kind of preacher. I've got to learn how to preach the faith, and I've got to be the type of person that shares the gospel message every time I have a conversation. And maybe you've known somebody in the past, a well-meaning person, who every conversation you had with him or her ended up with a presentation of a gospel at the end. And it was really hard to just have a normal conversation. But that's not the way God has made us to work. God has not made us to work as little preachers who are proclaiming from, uh, from the, the, the corner or from the pulpit of our lives. He is meant for us to be people who share our faith naturally in conversation. So this is why we have small groups, both in the church at large and both at Lighthouse Ministry, which is our confirmation ministry. The idea is this. If we learn to share our faith we will be prepared for the unknown. 
We'll be prepared for the unknown. Now, let me ask you a question. If a middle school student shares his or her faith at middle school, what do you think is going to happen? What do you think? In some cases, that message might be received by peers, but since middle school is kind of like the world capital of ridicule, they may run into some trouble when they actually start to share their faith, right? And so one of the fears of young people and of new Christians is the idea that if I verbally share my faith, I might get some, uh, some pushback from that. I might even get persecution. I might even feel bad about myself for sharing my faith openly and verbally. Well, the idea is, with Lighthouse and with Confirmation in particular, the idea is to train and to learn what faith is about so that we can share the faith from the heart. Take a look at this scripture. This is from 1 Peter chapter 3. The scripture says, But even if you should suffer for what is right, sharing the faith, you are what? You're blessed. So even if it doesn't feel like you're blessed, God calls you blessed. Do not be frightened, he says, but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. So we begin to see that training in the Christian faith, especially with middle school students, isn't just a cerebral activity. It's not just academic. It's the idea that a heart begins to change. And revering Christ as Lord takes place in the heart first. And look, look what else it says. Also be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this how? With gentleness and respect. What this communicates is the idea that a young person, even in middle school, where there may not be a lot of gentleness and respect, right, is able to share the gospel in such a way that is relational. And so we begin teaching that at a very, very young age. Well, the second idea is this. The second idea and the second reason is confirmation passes on the faith to the next generation. Now, that's not only the next generation of kids who are in our confirmation ministry, but the next generation of people in faith. That could include a a middle school student who passes on his or her faith to a new believer at school. That person is the next generation as well. The next generation doesn't necessarily mean age. But in our case, we teach people how to share their faith with the next generation whether it be a younger person or a younger person in faith. Now, this has been taking place since the very early days of the Christian church. If you go back and look at the way Christians were in the first, second, and in parts of the third century, you'll see Christians hiding underground in catacombs, meeting in places like you'll see here up on the screen, places that were underground where they would gather their families together, uh, men, women, and children would gather all together, and they would learn about the faith more than just in a weekly gathering. And here's what that looks like. Families back then would learn from their Jewish history the idea that the faith is something we carry around with each other all week long. And it looks like this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Notice the first one it said, love the Lord your God with what? all your heart, right? These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk to them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. You see, faith in, in, the, in the idea of the ancient Israelites was to be more than something is, that's simply known in the head. 
It's supposed to be something that's begun and grown, blossomed out of the heart. And so with confirmation, that's our ultimate goal, is changed, molded hearts. Hearts that are different than they were before they got to Lighthouse or to the confirmation process at all. Confirmation here is not simply a hoop to jump through. It's not simply a meeting to drop your kids off at. It's not something that we simply do because it's a tradition and someone from up above has required us to do it. Trinity doesn't work that way. Trinity has embraced confirmation as a way to share the faith with the next generation and also train them to share the faith with their next generation. Again, whether that be by age or by maturity in the faith. So the idea becomes, as we move toward a capstone project in high school, that people begin to change from the inside. They, become, they begin to become more like Jesus, looking, living, loving, more like Jesus from the heart out. And then this becomes a change in lifestyle where they can share their faith in conversation. Now, let me challenge you with something. Can you raise your hand if you know what this is? And if you're listening by podcast, there's a picture of a Smurf on the screen. Little blue character that many of us who grew up in the 70s and 80s would have watched when we were around and kids and the cartoons would have entertained us on Saturday morning, right? But I would suggest that if you think you know what a Smurf is, you don't. Here's what a Smurf actually is. If you play video games at all, a Smurf is someone who is really, really good at a particular video game and signs on with a new account in a video game as a new player or what is called a noob. Say noob. That's just fun to say for some strange reason, right? So you've got an experienced player who's mastered a game, signs on with a new account as a noob for one express purpose and one alone. And that is to obliterate all the other noobs who are playing the game. So it's, a, it's a, a, a very experienced person who's masquerading as a new person in order to completely conquer everyone at the game. Now, why do Smurfs do this? Gamers don't really know. But gamers will talk to each other and will say as they're playing a game, oh, that guy's a Smurf. Why? Because he's obliterating all of us. He's a Smurf. He's masquerading. Well, I would suggest that there's a temptation among us in the mature in faith here in the Christian church, and that is to behave kind of like a Smurf in the church. The idea is that we're tempted to pass on the instruction of our young people and those who are young and immature in the faith, perhaps, to other people, to the professionals, to the youth workers, to the ones who volunteer at Lighthouse. We are tempted to pass the mantle of responsibility onto someone else to raise our children in the faith. And in fact, God has created us as a mature body of believers for a very different purpose. The idea is, as we work and serve together, mentoring young people and mentoring those who are younger in the faith, what that does is it builds greater trust between those young people and God. And it builds trust between us and them. So that trust in the community of the church rises all together. The idea is that God has created us with everything we need right here to be able to teach and mentor those who are younger in the faith. And that's not just gifted youth workers, which we have in this church. 
But that's every single one of us. Every one of us who calls Jesus Lord has within us the Holy Spirit who gives us the ability to disciple others who are younger in the faith. So the idea is with confirmation, yes, we are teaching young people how to teach other people the faith, but confirmation for you and me becomes an opportunity every single day to seek out someone else to disciple and to raise up as a follower of Jesus. Every single one of us has that opportunity every single day. Now, the third reason is kind of akin to that, but it's the idea that confirmation gives a young person in particular, or a person who's young in faith, a chance to become committed to serving Jesus. And the more we share our faith with others, and the more we raise up and mentor others in the faith, the more we find ourselves serving Jesus, because Jesus is the one who started it in the first place, isn't he? Kind of looks like this. Faith is not meant to be passed on to someone blindly, nor is faith meant to be received blindly. So our young people in middle school and those who are young in the faith are not meant to simply accept a faith blindly. They learn how the faith works in time. We give them years to be able to grow and develop in faith. And here's where that comes from. The idea that when Jesus dies on the cross and rises again for you and me, he creates for us an abundant life, a life that is new, a life that has new priorities and has a new mission. That life is about making other disciples. And so while we're teaching children this, we're also, also teaching each other this. And we're also learning this idea of raising people up in the faith and that that's an integral part of Christianity. Finding and discipling other people has always and ever been an integral part of the faith. And that's why we teach it. Every single day, we get to make a choice as to whether to follow Jesus, don't we? And we know that the Holy Spirit has given us the ability to choose Jesus. When we say, I choose to follow Jesus, we know that the Holy Spirit has given me the ability to make that choice. We believe that and we teach that. We teach that to our young people. Here's where that idea comes from. If you look back in the Old Testament, you study the, uh, the ancient Israelites and you study their story, the story of how they uh, moved through the wilderness toward the promised land. And they were led by Moses. Moses mentored a young man named Joshua. And the Lord said, when the Israelites got to the edge of the promised land, that Moses was not to lead the Israelites into the promised land. Joshua was to take them in. And when Joshua took them in, they started to conquer all the faithless generations and peoples and cultures in the promised land by God's command so that they could go in and dwell in the promised land. And when they had done this, Joshua gathered all the kingdom of Israel together and he said these words to them. He said, now fear the Lord and serve him with all what? Faithfulness. Where do you find faithfulness? To anyone, spouse, friends, kids, boss. Where do you find faithfulness? First in the heart, don't you? He says, now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped before the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. 
But if serving the Lord, watch this, if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, scandalous, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served before the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you are living, the promised land. But as for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. We know and understand that young people are going to make a choice. We know and understand that when they come through Lighthouse and go into Shine, our senior high ministry, and then they go on to college, perhaps, or the military, and then they come out and they start to meet spouses and marry and form families, we know that every single day they're going to have a choice as to whom they will serve. Will they serve Jesus or will they serve some other God? And this is a choice that is given to every single one of us. The choice is, will we serve Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit that he's given us? But the best news of all is that we have that choice every single day. And even when we choose to serve, worship, and follow some other God than our Jesus, guess what? He's still there. He's waiting for us to find that that God doesn't really work after all. That that God really has no teeth and doesn't really do anything. And that the one living and true God is Jesus Christ, our Lord, who will be there faithfully even when we are unfaithful. We teach this to our kids, to our young people, because that places all the power and the glory for our salvation on the shoulders of the one who deserves it. And his name is what? Jesus, isn't it? So here's the idea. The idea is that hearts are molded and shaped through confirmation. And confirmation doesn't just take place in the lives of young people, but also those of us who are young in faith, with the idea that our hearts are molded and shaped and confirmed over time, where we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there is nothing we can do to push away and to exclude ourselves from the love of Jesus. He will always be there, no matter what. He will always give us the strength and the faith we need to live each day in life so that when young people grow up and face choices, they know that those choices are backed up by the living God, the one true God who can save them day after day after day. And I don't know about you, but for me, that's good news. Is that good news for you? Every single day, we start over with a brand new faith. And this is what the teaching, the core teaching of confirmation is about. It's kind of like this. It's like somebody has scored a touchdown for us, and we're the ones who get to dance in the end zone. Now, there are times when we don't feel like we're scoring touchdowns in life. But the good news is, is that Jesus still is and still does. He still lives, and he is still victorious over sin, death, and the devil. Jesus is the one who wins. And when he calls us into active faith, an active Christian faith, carrying our faith around with us every single day, it's kind of like we're engaging in a daily victory dance in the end zone. In fact, you probably know that preseason football starts this week, right? You probably also know that the Bears' first game is Thursday night. Now, last night, there was an audible groan across the congregation about this. But what I want you to think about when you start watching football, no matter who you watch, 
is what happens when people get into the end zone. And think about our faith as a daily walk that becomes a victory dance in Jesus. It's a bit of a stretch, but work with me. Here's what it kind of looks like. Davis with the salute, and if you're a Bronco fan, feel free to salute him. Fans really got behind the, the Mile High salute, and it really turned into something that really spread, not just in Colorado, but throughout the country. Who doesn't love the Dirty Bird? It was one of the best dances ever. The bird is the word. Caught the whole Falcon fan base. That's what it's all about. Real deal, prime time. The ultimate show of satisfaction. Like a white shirt on a man, it never goes out of style. That's true athleticism. I love that. I knew that the world was never going to be the same. Like a white shirt on a man, it never goes out of style. You like that line? So the question for us becomes, what is our victory dance going to be like? Is it going to be a victory dance that ends up in a face plan in the end zone every single day? It might if we try to live the Christian life alone. But the idea behind confirmation is that we are not alone. And our victory dance is meant to be experienced together. That's why we gather here on the weekends. It's why we have small groups. And it's why our Lighthouse and Confirmation ministry mimics those rhythms so that young people can learn from a young age that this is how we are successful together by the power of the Holy Spirit in concert, doing a victory dance every single day in life. That is why we call it confirmation. What is a confirmation? It says something is done, isn't it? And so for us, what's done? Faith in Jesus. He has landed in the end zone for us every single day and passed on the opportunity for victory dance to us every single day. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, that's good news. My prayer and my hope today is that it's also good news for you. A little bit later, in just a few minutes, we're going to talk about some children who've been baptized around Trinity over the last several weeks. And what we're going to do at the end of the service is we're going to open up the floor for folks to come forward and to be baptized with no strings attached. You don't have to take a class. You don't have to sign a form. You just have to bring your heart forward with a willingness to let God change it. And if you do that today, I'll baptize you right here. The water's warm. I'll baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as a function of our community here. And that for you can be the beginning of a journey of faith towards your own confirmation where you don't have to be perfect every day, willing to listen to the movement of the Holy Spirit as he teaches us through the scripture, through praying, through serving together, through small group time together. If you're willing and able, we'd invite you to come forward at the end of the service. And as we close right now, what we're going to do is open up the floor for our prayer partners in the corners of the room, and we're going to start prayer time together. What I'd invite you to do is pray all the way through this next song. Open your heart and listen to the guiding and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Would you pray with me? Dear Jesus, thank you so much for the opportunity to stop the world and to listen to your voice. 
Thank you for the idea that you give us the ability to be confirmed in our faith as a body of believers. Thank you for the opportunity to receive the sacrament of baptism, which begins that journey of faith, even for very little ones. Thank you for the time that we spent here together listening about confirmation and the heart behind that from our God and in the scriptures. Lord, I confess to you that there are times when I want to shirk the responsibility of discipling others. I'll admit it before you right here with an open heart. And I know that that's not your vision for me. You have created me and given me everything I need to disciple others. And so with an open and willing heart, God, I want to say to you that I am willing to explore the topic, to explore the opportunity. And I thank you for forgiving me and for setting me free from sin, death, and the devil. I thank you for helping me to renounce his works and all his ways. I thank you for giving me a brand new life every single day based on what Jesus has done, not based on what I do. But now that gives me a new life, a new abundant life. Come and work in my heart now, God, as we sing. In your name we pray and together we say, Amen. Thank you for spending some time in God's Word with us during this message. It was recorded live in worship at Trinity Church in Lyle, Illinois, where God is leading us on our mission to look, live, and love more like Jesus. Would you like to know more about a relationship with Christ, or more about Trinity, who we are, what we believe, and where and when you might join us in worship or a growth group? Please visit our website at tlc4u.org. That's the letters T L C the number four, and the letter U, dot org. May God bless you and yours abundantly through Jesus Christ. Thanks again for listening.